Welcome everyone. This is Glenda Dawson and you're watching Glenda's Dragons Den. LD uh, couldn't make it today, but he will be here another week. Uh, tonight we have an author, a teacher, an activist, um, great spiritualist, and also uh, someone who is about disclosure and for disclosure, I should say, and has written all about that. So let's welcome Gerald Watson. Welcome again. Thank you, Glenda. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be here again. We love it. We love it. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and um, basically how you got here. Sure, yes. Um, I've... You know, I've been interested in in the ancient wisdom teachings um, since I was about 20 years old. Um, when I was backpacking uh, back on my way back from India to uh, to Amsterdam, and um, an American friend who I'd met in, in Nepal uh, recommended that I um, borrow a book of his that he bought in, in New Delhi. And and uh, and read it on my way back. Um, it was called Nyani Yoga, the Yoga of Wisdom, um, and uh, it really really explained to me. It was, it was a book that was originally published in 1909. By the way, it's still in print, even to this day, um, 46 years later. Um, and um, this book that was published in 1909. Um, I did some research on it later, and it turned out that the author, Yogi Ramacharaka, um, was in fact the pen, na pen name for a collaboration between William Walker Atkinson, a very well-known New Thought writer uh, from the U.S., and an Indian teacher who had come to American shores in, I don't know, I believe 1901. And uh, he stayed in the U.S. for uh, for several years, um, and it is really the book Nyani Yoga, the Yoga of Wisdom, in in his version, in their version, it's really about the evolution of consciousness, and it explained to me an experience I had had on uh, in the night uh, while I was asleep um, of. December 1st to December 2nd in 1977. Um, and it's, uh, uh, on the one hand, it's an experience. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't a dream. But I woke up the next day with the, in the utter conviction and, and, and knowledge, uh, assurance that everything is one. The separation that we experience between ourselves and the world, between ourselves and other people, between ourselves and, and other planets even. And everything else is just an illusion. And it's not something that we can grasp with our everyday brains, but it is, it is a reality. And the reality is too big to be grasped by our brains. Um, so when I read this, after I'd had that experience, I was, I was traveling with two friends from my village and, and apparently they, they told me that I was silent for the, for the whole day. I didn't even say, say them good morning mm -hmm. on that day. And the next day they asked me, are you, are you okay? Because you didn't say anything yesterday. You didn't say anything at all. But no, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, but I was feeling this, still feeling this sensation. It was still reverberating in me. And, and I was, you know, I was in a state of bliss for, for at least a couple of weeks, uh, which I couldn't explain. Um, and I couldn't put my experience into words. You know, I tried to write about it in a letter, a long letter to friends back home, um, a letter that never arrived. Um, so I lost, <laughs> I lost, I, I felt it was a triumph that I managed to put that, that experience, uh, or my interpretation, uh, into words, uh, but the letter never arrived. 
but when I was reading this book on my way back to, to Amsterdam in, uh, in uh, March uh, 1978, um, it w was really putting into perspective and, and like an explanation of the experience I'd had. And since that day, I've been, um, yeah, on the trail of, of uh, you know, the ancient wisdom teachings. Madame Blavatsky, the works of Madame Blavatsky. And I bought uh, an interesting book uh, called the, the Consciousness of the Atom by Alice Ann Bailey, mm -hmm. whose work I later came to find was really an elaboration of, of uh, the, the books written by Madame Blavatsky. Uh, Alice Ann Bailey worked, her books were published between 1919 and, uh, and 1949. And some were published after her death in 1949. Uh, later on, I uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, about six months after my return from, from India, I uh, first heard about uh, Benjamin Cram, um, who uh, had just started his mission and he had just been um, on his first trip abroad from the UK. Um, uh, to give a talk about the uh, the um, emergence of the world teacher for the new age, um, and from his information, I gathered that his mission was again an expansion on what was started by Madame Blavatsky and and Alison Bailey. And I uh, well, I became a volunteer in a network of volunteers supporting Benjamin Graham in his efforts to to share this information uh, across the world. Um, and on the way, along the way, um, I'd also read the books by George Adamski, uh, Flying Sources Have Landed, published mm -hmm. in 1953, and, and uh, Inside the Spaceships, his two main books, although the first book was a, a collaboration, or not so much a collaboration, but a, a combination of a book written by uh, um, the uh, Anglo-Irish author Desmond Leslie, who uh, put a lot of effort into compiling um, all kinds of um, accounts, historical accounts of UFO sightings and, and extraterrestrial contact mm -hmm. throughout history, going all the way back to the uh, to uh, you know the Hindu scriptures mm -hmm. uh, up until the present day. Um, that was a major part of Flying Sources Have Landed, and uh, George Adamski's account of his first contact in the desert that happened in November 1952 was added as part two to that. And mm -hmm. uh, in Inside the Spaceships, published two years later, uh, Adamski describes his, um, his further experiences and his trips on spaceships that he was invited on. Uh, and that is really still, to my mind, you know, the um, one of the most profound and uh, significant accounts of of uh, people having been contacted uh, by by people from space. And when I, after, well, I, I don't remember exactly when I read Damsky's books, but since I had been, you know researching and studying the ancient wisdom teachings um, that have been released by uh, the Masters of Wisdom in Tibet through Madame Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, Benjamin Cram, some others as well, MacDonald Bain, Murder MacDonald Bain, and uh, um, um, Helena Rerich, um, Russian, uh, Russian uh, disciple. And when I so these are the combined teachings of the Masters of Wisdom. And when I found out that Adamski's first book was titled Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East, mm -hmm. 1936, published in 1936, long before he was first contacted by people from space, I immediately saw the connection. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I managed to get a copy of the book. Uh, it was a reprint. Um, because the original 1936 editions are quite uh, are quite rare and, and, and expensive, of course. Um, and um, there was a beautiful, you know, um, concise compilation of the ancient wisdom teachings 
Um, so that led me to further investigate Ramsky and his role in the uh, in the contact uh, uh, history of, of uh, human contacts with uh, with extraterrestrials. And yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I my first articles I wrote my first articles about the Ramsky in two thousand and eight two thousand and eight yeah for Share International magazine mm -hmm. and um, um, that was founded by Benjamin Cram. Um, and when I kept finding more information that I thought was important to share, I decided to uh, to publish, to write a book or try to write a book and, and publish it myself. Right. I didn't know if I, you know, if I would manage because I'd never written a book before. <laughs> uh, but I, I managed and it was, uh, you know, duly published. And uh, um, I'm going to work on an, uh, an expanded and revised edition this year. Mm -hmm. Because uh, sure. I found much more information to add, um, and that's yeah, that's where my my involvement in the in the uh, contact, um, yeah, the field of ET contact uh, started. Mm -hmm. So, um, just for those that don't really know anything about it, uh, or they may not even realize that they know anything about it. Give us a little background uh, or a little bit uh, about the H-list wisdom. Um, you know, I know about the golden rule and all that, but tell our audience, uh, explain it a little bit. Sure. The H-list wisdom teaching is really the, the, comp the combined wisdom of the masses of wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, presented in terms, in a form um, for today's audience, for today's humanity. Um, it has been around ever since humanity appeared on this right. planet, because that's also when, uh, you know, when the first, when, when, when the, uh, the first masters were here, even though they were not, uh, they had not come out of earth humanity, they were here sent from other planets to, to oversee uh, humanity's evolution, um, but gradually through the evolution of consciousness, um, humanity or the you know the more advanced members of humanity um, enter the the ranks of of the spiritual hierarchy and became right. masters of wisdom, um, and they they. Uh, took over the positions in the in the hierarchy. So nowadays we have a spiritual hierarchy of masters uh, who have come out of Earth humanity, who are been ordinary humans, um, and through the evolution of consciousness along the path of return, um, have um, gone beyond the strictly human state, mm -hmm. and in order to help and inspire the rest of humanity because we're not all traveling the path of return at the same pace right. we haven't all started at the same time you know it's a process that takes many 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 incarnations mm -hmm. um, uh, you know the masters are always there to inspire us from behind the scenes uh, all from there used to be out in the open and, and even uh, at one not one point, but in, during one uh, one extensive uh, time in human history during the uh, days of Atlantis, which mm -hmm. uh, lasted for many, many millions of years, they were the rulers of humanity as right. the philosopher kings, you know, and they, uh, the, there are many authors, people nowadays who, um, who contend that you know humanity had access to a far more advanced technology than we have today, mm -hmm. and I, I, as a you know, based on on the uh, literature that I've studied, um, I know that that is a fact. But that was not technology that was developed by humanity, but rather gifted to humanity by the philosopher kings of the time, the masters, the masters of wisdom at that time, when. Uh, the main body of Atlantis was destroyed. Um, the masters gradually uh, retreated into the remote mountain and desert areas of the world, mm -hmm. um, because that is when when humanity um, chose to 
uh, experiment with the materialist side of creation. Mm -hmm. And um, um, how to say that? Um, deviate from the, the royal path back to the source. Um, and, uh, you know, and that, is, that touches upon the crises that we see in the world now. Mm -hmm. Humanity finds itself um, at the yeah on the battlefield between the forces of materiality and the forces of light. Exactly. Yes. And that is because we are, you know, ourselves, our higher selves, are the divine spark, our mm -hmm. spirit. Mm -hmm. But we, on this planet, uh, we have to take incarnation in order to to travel the path of return in a physical body. There's no other way, you know, when we are out of incarnation, we're not really evolving. Um, then we are in a state of, of you know, nirvana or, you know, something like that, uh, uh, paradisial uh, uh, state of, of being, but not evolving. Um, so in order to evolve, we need to take incarnation. In, in, but, you know, spirit and matter, you know, they, uh, they are not in balance. For, for the most part, when um, when you've evolved beyond the strictly human state, like the masters of wisdom, they are strictly their higher selves, their spiritual beings, and they can take any form uh, that we recognize at will. They don't need to be born. They can be born if they so choose to, but uh, they don't have to be born um, in, in the usual fashion. Um for most of humanity, as we can see nowadays, you know, the material aspect, the matter aspect is still dominant. Mm -hmm. uh, the life of Jesus really is um, an illustration of the, the battle, well, not really a battle, but the process that we're going through in that the, the, the path of return, the process of the evolution of consciousness is about releasing ourselves from the bondage of matter yes. and we see that illustrated in Jesus's uh, resurrection after mm -hmm. the crucifixion so at the crucifixion he gives up the material aspect of himself of his mm -hmm. incarnation and then um, I don't know 40 days later I believe uh, he uh, he's resurrected and and uh, uh, that is you know, the victory of the spirit over, over matter. And this battle between the, the forces of materiality on this planet, they have their own role according to the teachings. You know, they have their, their, um, their legitimate role to play on this planet because we are, our planet is at this stage in its evolution and it has this particular purpose in the solar system. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, but the forces of materiality are, you know, they're trying to, to increase their, their hold on humanity um, so that we don't evolve and no, are no longer dependent on, on, the, on, on matter. And there's this, this eternal, so it seems, battle, which we see reflected in you know in the old stories in the old testament for instance mm -hmm. see it reflected in the in the bhagavad gita where mm -hmm. krishna tells his uh, his uh, um, his disciple arjuna um, about uh, the battlefield that they're on kurukshetra um, we see it reflected even in in popular uh, superhero stories you know mm -hmm. superman versus the uh, um, the, the bad guys uh, right. it's good against evil mm -hmm. and we have at this point in our evolution as humanity we have a very important role to play you know we yes. we can see it around us if we if we don't adhere to divine laws mm -hmm. like um, the law of love mm -hmm. we we see expressed in in uh, in the golden rule treat mm -hmm. others the way you yourself want to be treated exactly we see it even expressed in article 25 of the universal declaration of human uh, human rights um, that uh, that guarantees every man woman and child 
on this planet just by you know by virtue of being born in the human kingdom um uh, adequate food shelter healthcare and education mm -hmm. um, so you know if we if we let go of that basic basic law and don't follow that law we end up in in, the, in a yeah in a critical conflict situation that we mm -hmm. find ourselves in now mm -hmm. 40 50 years ago we were in a different position and we were really on the verge of of uh, taking you know uh, the right the, the the straight and narrow path to right. to, to implementing that law um, when there were uh, proposals, you know, by by uh, former politicians and economists, etc., who had come to a consensus in the in the Grant Commission report mm -hmm. that was published in 1980 um, that called for international cooperation to avoid further further to further conflict, to make sure that. Uh, what was then called known as the third world would get its fair share of the world's produce mm -hmm. um, and would be lifted up with you know a massive transfer of money technology know-how etc right. um, and and uh, uh, more um, um, uh, more just uh, economic uh, agreements um, to be lifted up to the same level of, of uh, living standards uh, as uh, as uh, you know what was then called the first world, the industrialized nations. But you know through elections and election results at the time, 1979, 1980, um, humanity was promised. Well, humanity of some some countries, especially the United States and the United Kingdom, were promised individual freedom will solve all our problems. Uh, the market is the best uh, form of democracy because uh, people will vote with their wallets or with their feet and uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, that will solve uh, any problems that you may have. Of course, what we've seen is that that has led to the commercialization of every basic human need um, that we can think of um, with devastating effects on, you know, on Western society. It's mm -hmm. coming to a culmination. If you had asked me 10 or 15 years ago, uh, how bad do you think the situation is going to get? I would not have thought that we would get to the situation where we are now, yes. um, you know, with wars and rumors of war, mm -hmm. uh, which is a much quoted um, sentence from the Gospel of Matthew. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a very biblical person, but I've, I've just started writing... Uh, <laughs> Um, a few articles uh, for a Dutch magazine, uh, f from which I, in which I quote from um, from this part of of the New Testament. But these are the days of where we hear of wars and and, mm -hmm. and rumors where where high officials in the military in, in Europe and polit politicians um, are telling us to be prepared for war. I mean, who would have thought that? Never. Um, it's, it's, you know, and and that is where this uh, this whole false notion of freedom that was promised to people in the late 1970s, 1980s, mm -hmm. the large segments of the electorate fell for that, um, has led us. You know, it's freedom for people who have enough, for people who have the purchasing power. The economic power uh, to um, influence uh, political political uh, uh, processes, mm -hmm. to influence judicial pro processes, who can escape or evade um, uh, consequences for their actions and, and uh, fiscal uh, regulations, etc. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen now is a massive transfer of money from the uh, society to a handful of, of people who are soon going to be called trillionaires. Mm. You know, we have millionaires and billionaires and mm. millionaires really, you know, if you're a millionaire nowadays, you don't really count. Uh, <laughs> right. You need to be a billionaire uh, to, be, uh, to be invited to the party. But soon <laughs> there will be 
you know, trillionaires. Right. What are we doing to ourselves? How are we allowing this? You know, so many of the basic human rights that we, that humanity has struggled for to right. attain, to, to obtain over 150, almost 200 years mm -hmm. have been scrapped. No, um, there's no job security. There's well, less and less job security in mm -hmm. Western countries. Uh, zero hour contracts, uh, no yeah. minimum wages, uh, no right to um, uh, to join a union. All these things that help to empower people, mm -hmm. to unite people, and and to you know when you when you have to worry about where your next meal comes from when you have to worry about how to pay your hospital bill because you've been diagnosed with cancer or some other mm -hmm. illness that doesn't give you freedom mm -hmm. that ties you to that really binds you to you know doing right. any job you can right. to to pay for your rent or your mortgage or whatever your hospital bill your your student loan um it's nothing to do with freedom true freedom only exists when there's also justice you know mm -hmm. when freedom depends on on other people's poverty or, or you know or or um, inability to live a decent human life and to have future prospects for themselves and their children then how can it be freedom if it depends on something you know freedom is either freedom for everyone or it's not freedom so freedom and justice are two two sides of the same coin mm -hmm. and and uh, in the current circumstances in the world you know what we see is um the the need for a never-ending war or mm -hmm. you know lining the pockets of of the mil uh, military industrial complex the people who uh, run the businesses there and and uh, many other people uh, uh, in in high places or who are the economic powerhouses but it's not giving humanity the rest of humanity any freedom it's you know we live with in, in 2024 we live in a world where i believe over 50 million people live in circumstances of slavery mm. either literal slavery or bondage in terms of, of earning so little and being so um indebted to their employers right. that they they have no freedom to choose where to move or or any such any mm -hmm. such thing um, so, yeah, so the, the world situation today is forcing humanity really to make a choice. Are we going to continue in the old divisive ways of competition, increasing conflict, creating more chaos and eventual self-destruction, really, annihilation of the human race, or will we choose the other way of seeking unity, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean we have to you know, all be the same. It's uni Unity is not the same as uniformity, right. but unity in the sense, seeking unity in the sense of cooperating mm -hmm. towards the common goal of surviving on this planet, mm -hmm. restoring this planet to health, um, uh, allowing um, all of humanity a decent life uh, with prospects and and you know with our basic human needs fulfilled for everyone including education so we can all have a proper chance at at uh, you know consciously working on the evolution of consciousness and making taking our own steps towards uh, towards the source Mm -hmm. which is really what every single religion in the world is about. And, you know, and those are just the religious uh, uh, angles, uh, but it, it's the reality of our lives on this planet. We are involved in, a, in an evolution of consciousness. And as long as we deny that or ignore that um, and, and seek material, um, you know, material progress only, um, we will destroy ourselves. We are already in, you know, we already see the uh, consequences of the, 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 
large scale destruction that we've uh, uh, brought onto the planet, you know, mm-hmm. by the uh, exploitation, ruthless exploitation of natural resources, the pollution of the air and the seas and, and, the, and the soils and, and, and you know, what have you. Um, so, and, and all in the pursuit of profit. Right. Now it's all in pursuit of profit, um, and, and 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 not spiritual profit. So that's the sad part. And we need to. We are forced circumstances that we have allowed to to come up um, are forcing us to make that choice. And fortunately, we are not alone. Mm-hmm. And that is, the, the, you know, that's the uh, the hopeful part of uh, what I've found through my research and my studies. Um, I already mentioned Benjamin Cram before, and I mm-hmm. mentioned the spiritual hierarchy of masters. Mm-hmm. Um, Benjamin Cram's mission was uh, the uh, he his mission started in 1974. It's a very small scale in the UK with a small group of people. Um, and he died in 2016 uh, with a you know a worldwide network of volunteers, books published in many many languages. I think 16 books in all. And his mission was to inform the world that the world teacher returned to the world in 1977. Now, the world teacher is expected, really, in every world religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christs are waiting for the return of the Christ. The Jews right. are still waiting for the Messiah. The Buddhists are waiting for the fifth Buddha, Maitreya. Right. Um, the Hindus are waiting for the uh, tenth incarnation of their god Vishnu. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sections of Islam are waiting for the return of the Mahdi, the twelfth Mahdi, who's right. also known as the Muntasar. So it's a very universal concept mm-hmm. that, there's this, that there's this world teacher. Um, even though they call him by different names. Um, and they don't all expect them based on their own interpretations at the same time, but always at the time of major upheaval in the world, mm-hmm. as we are experiencing now. And this world teacher is really uh, a function in this spiritual hierarchy of masters. He's the master of all the masters. Mm-hmm. Um, his personal name, the Buddhists have it right, uh, uh, is Maitreya, um, the happy one. Uh, in a very uh, simple, simplistic uh, uh, modern translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he's been in the world, according to Benjamin Cram, since 1977. He's had, there were several times when he was when he almost able to present himself to the world, but then, you know, uh, there's the forces of materiality that are, that are trying to prevent this uh, right. from happening. Um, so, yeah. You know, uh, there would be a crisis uh, mm-hmm. by which um, humanity's attention would not be fully on the emergence of the world teacher if it had, if we had gone through with it at that time. Um, so he decided to wait, and um, uh, in the meantime, we humanity have you know have increased our competition and uh, we have failed to um, to heed the advice of politicians but also um, the advice of extraterrestrial visitors mm-hmm. to seek international cooperation um, nevertheless the world teacher is still here he's mm-hmm. not going to go away um, I believe and that's my personal you know, my personal interpretation of the situation, that's not, you know, nothing to do with what Benjamin Graham has said because right. he passed away in 2016. Um, I believe, you know, when when the crisis, um, you know, and now we have a crisis in Ukraine and in, in, the, in the Middle East, when the crisis becomes so acute that it will th- would threaten the, uh, uh, the uh, survival of the human race, the, the world teacher will step forward. Mm. Even if humanity's full attention isn't exactly there, but he will choose a moment when he can count on on you know the most part, the majority of, of humanity's attention right. uh, to present himself to the world and to present humanity with the reality, the spiritual reality mm-hmm. of our beings, um, and 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 inspire enough people to 
fight for what is right, you know, not to take up arms, but mm -hmm. to fight in terms of uh, voicing our our determination to um, to heal the world, to mm -hmm. bring humanity together, to strive for unity, um, you know, and, and unity in diversity, right. respect differences, and still you know, refrain from taking up arms uh, if you disagree with someone. Um, the world teacher, when he, when he presents himself, will also present, uh, well, a number of the masters of wisdom who have also returned, taken up their places in the world. Mm -hmm. And he will confirm, maybe not immediately, but soon after his emergence, the reality of the extraterrestrial visitors mm -hmm. who are here specific in these days you know since the 1950s specifically in support of this event yes so we, and you know we've we've all heard stories about alien abductions and probes and cattle mutilations and all those things those are stories that were planted uh, from the late 1950s onward and especially the early 1960s to confuse and scare the public about the extraterrestrial visitors well, if you look at the original stories of the contactees, mm -hmm. not just in the United States, but in Canada, in, in Europe, in South America, all over the world, they all tell the same story of benevolent visitors yeah. who are here to help, mm -hmm. who are here in support of uh, you know, the, this, this crucial time in, in humanity's evolution. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, if, if you, as I have done in my books, if you if you put make a comparison of of the statements that were made and the information that these contactees were, were asked to share with the world, there's so many so many um, similarities and corroborations. Mm -hmm. Also, corroborations with the Asia's wisdom teaching that that is the only valid, uh, the only valid and reliable information that we have about the visitors from space. Well, I could tell you from my experience, they've always been very healing to me and to those that I have met in the ships, those other humans that were there also receiving healing. They're trying to help us. I, um, as a matter of fact, I just did, um, which I usually don't do, but I did predictions for this year because I was asked to. And basically, what you're saying, this is, a, this is a moment where we really needed to start going within, joining ourselves, uniting into the oneness of consciousness instead of separating ourselves or continue that illusion and continue letting the negative get more power, more... Get, get more food, basically, okay? And uh, if not, basically, we're going to end up like one of those planets that we're visiting now, like Mars, you know, completely isolated isolated, and, and, and done, dead. But um, so I'm, it's kind of nice to hear it, that my predictions were basically in the same line as, what you it's kind of like a confirmation without needing a confirmation <laughs> so um but That's yeah, yeah i i don't usually like to do that but i did this year and uh, uh I, all i kept saying i was like oh dear lord it's just just bring bring let the good masses start to show up <laughs> Yes, it's important, I think, for everyone who, who realizes that this is what is going on to make our voices heard, mm -hmm. you know, to show the people around us that they are not alone. People who may feel this way but are you know, reluctant to speak out, you know, because we need to show, to start with, politicians that you know, we, need, we need conflict resolution, mm -hmm. not conflict escalation. Right. We need safety uh, from from destruction, mm -hmm. um, and and you know uh, the conflict 
the conflicts that are going on now could have been resolved many, many years ago um, if we had decided not to feed the military industrial complex, but um, to sit around the table and, and respect, uh, you know, differing views mm -hmm. and seek mutual solutions. Uh, even even if it takes years, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter uh, because it will it will help us see um, other points of view eventually. And it will help the the opposite party as well. And, you know, that's the only way we can go forward on this planet mm -hmm. unless we are really, you know, hell bent on destroying ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then there goes that whole, the whole planet, which is built for an opportunity for the soul to really go through this to evolve and grow. And, and according to the teachings, our planet is really, you know, every planet has its mm -hmm. own purpose, has its own um, path of return, right. and its own role in, in whatever solar system it forms part of. Mm -hmm. But our planet is unique in that it, you know, it allows the divine spark which every human soul is a spark of the divine mm -hmm. to take incarnation at this physical level of physicality and mm -hmm. that's unique you know and that that also causes uh, apparently the the pain the suffering that mm -hmm. we as you as a whole humanity as a whole have been going through in the in the course of our evolution Right, um, but it will it will allow us to contribute something again that is unique to this solar system. And, mm -hmm. uh, we, of course, obviously, we have no idea what that might be, right. and we need not concern ourselves with it. What we need to concern ourselves with is the fact that we are one human family. Exactly, and there's no way around that. Mm -hmm. You cannot say, "Well, um, I don't want to have anything to do with." Your part of humanity, you can go to the moon or somewhere else or to hell. Right. It doesn't work that way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, I, I'm one of those that believe all paths lead to the same way. We came from love and we go back to love. And um, what we do in between is what gets us there, what gets us back to home, or what gets us lost, or gets us lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, true, yes, yeah. We came oh. from love, and the only way back to mm -hmm. the source is through love. Exactly, exactly. So, now um, tell us about your books. Um, yes, I think the last time I was on your show, I had just published uh, George Adamski uh, or the Adamski book of uh, uh, of disclosure of UFO UAP disclosure, the mm -hmm. Adamski book of UFO UAP disclosure. Um, in which I um, um, correlate um, uh, uh, recent uh, discoveries or revelations of, you know, um, what are now called UAPs, uh, mm -hmm. like the, the, Pentag the Pentagon videos, the uh, Stanford professors' uh, analysis of UFO-related materials, um, scientists, um, confirmations of ET contact, you know, renowned mm -hmm. scientists, uh, most recently, um, I think it was in 2020 or 2021, when an Australian, uh, Israeli um, professor and former head of Israel's uh, space program mm -hmm. confirmed the, the reality of um, contact with ET visitors. Right. All, all these things that had already been uh, described and documented by George Adamski mm -hmm. uh, before he was ridiculed and 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 denounced right. and derided, um, you know, by by the vested interests mm -hmm. who didn't want the public uh, uh, to be interested in the message that he, among many many other contactees, were asked to give to humanity, seek international cooperation to avoid. Annihilation, mm -hmm. um, and you know we're back at the same point now because mm -hmm. when George Adamski's mission um, was going on, that was the 1950s. Right. Um, we were in the middle of, of the Cold War with the yeah. immediate threat of, of uh, you know nuclear nuclear attacks from mm -hmm. the Soviet Union or from the United States, 
um, and um, uh, the the space people were there then to warn us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, in 2010, I believe it was Robert Hastings uh, brought together a um, whole number, a large number of uh, of military U.S. military personnel who had been based at nuclear bases or former military personnel who had all had the same experience of UFO sightings mm-hmm. and nuclear devices being turned off or switched mm-hmm. off. Right. Um, and and George Adamski uh, was already you know, the, the first report about George Adamski's contact um, in the in the Phoenix Gazette from Arizona uh, was four, four days after after his first contact had as the headline um, something to the effect of the, uh, the the A-bomb blasts that were taking place as part of the nuclear tests mm-hmm. for, for improving um, uh, the atomic weapons was the reason for for the uh, many UFO sightings and the visits from, from space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's another correlation there. Um, and now we find ourselves in the same very dangerous position. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the disclosure efforts um, that seem to be well on track since the Pentagon confirmations of the authenticity of of the uh, uh, onboard cameras mm-hmm. uh, that uh, UAPs. Uh, that seems to have been derailed again by by some uh, uh, laws or, or things that were passed in in Congress or not passed in Congress. Um, but you know the visitors are here. They are busier mm-hmm. than ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they are not. They're also not going away because they're here in support of that that momentous event where right. humanity will be reintroduced to the reality of its spiritual nature, mm-hmm. which we have lost sight of. But you know, it's uh, uh, or we, we seem to have lost sight of that in a large because so many of us are completely absorbed by the need for making money in order to survive. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the danger of the present situation that we find ourselves in. Right, right. Um, now, do you... By the way, you asked about my, my books. Yes. Very briefly. That was the book that was published just then. And huh. since then, I haven't really published another book. I, I did a reprint. I published a reprint of... Uh, a small book of of uh, poetry that was compiled by George Adamski in 1937, mm-hmm. um, metaphysical poetry. Okay. Um, yes, uh, I think 12 poems. And I wrote the introduction to the reprint in which I've uh, um, documented the history of the Royal Order of Tibet, in which he uh, he started his uh, his first public mission in the 1930s. And it's the first time, uh, you know, a a fairly um, fairly uh, a complete history of that part of his uh, life uh, has been documented. Very good. So they could people can find that in Amazon. Yes, yes. It's called Petals of Life. Right. Okay. So yeah. I'll I'll put up your author's uh, page there, and then uh, they can look it up. And then you also have uh, other publications. That, yes, uh, and they're all they're all listed on that uh, on that uh, on that author page on Amazon and also on my website, which right. I have here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, perfect. Um, do you have any plans, immediate plans for other books? Or? Uh, not immediately. I mentioned that I'm going to work on a revised and expanded edition of my first book, George Adamski, right. A Herald for the Space Brothers. The first edition is out of print now. Excuse me, um, but for the moment I'm working on a series of articles for a Dutch magazine, um, and uh, I'll probably start working on the uh, on the new edition of my Adamski book in the second half of this year. Okay, looking forward. I'll to get it. in touch when. Uh, when yes, please. Yeah, sure. Please. Yes. Now um, we're almost coming to the end of the show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? Well, yeah, I think it's important, you know, because we discussed uh, um, the very difficult situation that Mm -hmm. we find ourselves in today in the world. And uh, it's, you know, there are days 
even with you know the background my background as a student of the Asia's wisdom teaching and knowing knowing that's a big word i think but <laughs> having an inkling of of uh, the things that are going on behind the scenes you right. know with the help that is available to us even though it's not visible to 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 any of us at the moment um, but i think it's so important to realize that you know it's bigger than the people who are uh, hell-bent on war and making profits of course and there's forces of materiality and forces of light, the forces of light are on our side mm -hmm. and we need to be on the side of the forces of light and, and make make that clear and speak out in what we believe uh, will help us survive and, and, and flourish into the future, into a brilliant future that is ours if we mm -hmm. only make you know, that crucial choice right. for international cooperation versus further competition, competition and conflict. Mm -hmm. Well, perfect. Perfectly said. Uh, just wanted to say thank you, Gerald. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and pleasure is mine. Thank you. All your wisdom. And I just want to say thank you to our audience. And please hold for a second, Gerald. And as always, I send you blessings and I send you love. Bye.